Hi, I'm Joe from Glen High School, and today I'm here with Sochi Solis. I'm so excited to talk with you. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. My name is Sochi Solis, and I am a visual artist and DJ uh, and, and community organizer in Austin, Texas. That's so cool. <laughs> Did you always know you wanted to pursue art? Um, I was very fortunate. I had a very nurturing family in that regard. My mother is an artist. She was a graphic designer when I was growing up and um, now has moved like, you know, in her retirement age into um, more fine arts. Um, my father was an educator and was uh, retired after 38 years of service. So it was as far as like possibilities to be whatever I wanted to be was really open and broad and then just like being able to have my natural talents as far as being a visual artist and like constructing space in that way like that imagination that space was always really available for me to grow and so I kind of also didn't know that you couldn't do like I didn't since my mother was an artist I was like I just thought that that was a, a job like any other job so in that way I was really fortunate I think a lot of the younger artists that I mentor or work with yeah it's like a totally new and strange thing for them to introduce that concept to their families. So I was really fortunate in that aspect. Where do you find inspiration for your art? For my, for me and my uh, my visual art practice, I find inspiration mostly in um, the natural world. Um, looking at organic forms like clouds and plants and, and people, bodies, all different kinds of bodies. Um, I also, since I work in paint and collage, I use a lot of found images that are really tied to my heritage and my culture, which is um, from Mexico. So um, I identify as Tejana. So my family's been in Texas. Um, I have Mexican heritage. So a lot of the found images that I use and incorporate into my artwork have a lot to do with me trying to better understand my um, heritage. So I use a lot of imagery of Mexico, Texas, just thinking about my identity in that way, but also just because I work a lot with um, natural forms is my main inspiration. It's very abstract. So sometimes those images aren't like readily, like you can't read them immediately as like being um, one thing or the other. They kind of blend in as layers and textures. So I really like that idea because when I think of people and how we present ourselves in the world, like we're all like complicated layers of, you know, from different um, experiences and different places. And that's kind of how I think about the works that I make. What about the titles? Well, I'm terrible drawer. I can't draw very well. <laughs> um, so my sketchbooks always just end up being um, snippets of like phrases that I read or hear. Also, uh, I'm really influenced by music. So sometimes the titles are like little um, phrases from song lyrics. So that's kind of, you know, the, that like those that poetry, I think that I find in popular music or music in general. Um, and I've been making art for a really long Long time, you know. I've uh, professionally have been making work for 15 years, but um, and I've always loved music too. But only in the last couple of years have I per- performed as a DJ. But music has always been a big part of my life. In a way, that's the the titles is how music has entered into my visual arts practice. Is is through like snippets of like song lyrics and stuff like that. That's really interesting. <laughs> how, about, how about your process? Like, do you have? a specific process that you kind of go through as you're creating a piece or is it just like spur of the moment and you have these ideas and you just 
Well, I have a practice now. I think it's just like anybody with any sort of routine, like it's a part of you and how you see the world. Um, But, you know, as as I mentioned earlier, I'm really like inspired by the natural world. So like just be, you know, that's my first inspiration is always thinking about natural spaces and going for walks. Travel is also a really big part of, of how I get information and resources and ideas. So I travel a lot to Mexico. I spend a lot of time in Mexico City um, where I studied abroad for the first time um, when I was um, in college. It was the first time I really went down there. And, and since then, I've been going back and forth and have little mini residencies where I'll be, I'll set up a studio and I'll work and just kind of walking through the streets of a new place um, always like makes me look at things with more um, concentration. You know, when you're walking down your, your street at home, like you sort of recognize the houses and you stop seeing them after a while. But when you're in a new place, you're sort of on alert because you don't know what's going to be around the next corner. So the colors are brighter you notice people's faces and the actions around you just because you're you're in a new place and so um taking opportunities to travel is always kind of a, a, a the first part of any research that goes into a new project and then i've been collecting books and magazines for so many years my studio is just like stacks and stacks of of things and also paper since like i use paper and paint so i have a lot of materials at the ready so when it's time to uh, make a painting i just put on some music and and just like uh, pull a couple of colors that I want to work with or maybe like there's a photograph that like you know a, a paper torn out of a book that I'm like oh I really like the texture or the forms that are happening in this like and then just start pulling materials together that like work in harmony and then from there it's just like a really natural process for me I always like to say the act of making is like place where I'm most free you know and I think like having that freedom is not always available in your everyday you have to do a lot of things in life that you don't necessarily want to do um but in that moment of getting to be completely free to like make a choice that's completely your own like um you know that's I think why I love doing it so much because like you get kind of addicted to that feeling of like total control and freedom and power um which is why making art like whether it's like visual or um musical or whatever is like so important because people feel so much themselves and feel empowered I think with their own voice um, and their own like uh, vision. So yeah, so that's my process mostly. <laughs> Can you tell us about Boss Babes ATX and how you became involved? Sure. Yeah. So I've been working with Boss Babes for um, like more focused in the last two years. I'm on the programming committee. And then also this year I joined the leadership board. So um, in addition to my visual arts practice, um, I also worked for many years um, as an arts administrator. So it was my job for a long time to work and help other artists realize their dreams and their projects that they wanted to do. Um, And I have the organization mind to be able to help them produce like their work. So um, I did, I ran galleries, nonprofit, and also like um, I worked at UT, University of Texas here at Austin um, with artists um, in all areas, all kinds of like performance, dance, visual art. So I really like ran the gamut as far as like getting to be behind the scenes for a lot of projects that had to do with the creative industry. So, um, and I did that for like 10, 12 years. And there was a part of me that really wanted to be able to utilize those skills um, more 
more civic-mindedly thinking about social justice, thinking about gender equality with, with more intensity. And so I was part of a collectively run art gallery um, for 10 years, and um, it's based in Austin. And I resigned from my position there and, you know, joined Boss Babes on their programming committee to help um, use my skills that I had, like, developed over many years towards helping amplify women identifying and non-binary creatives, um, thinking about creating a platform specifically with those folks um, in a place of preference. That's kind of how my love affair with Boss Babes started. And we're here right now today where we're doing this recording is at a crafter market, which is a really big market that we've been doing. In two years of production, we've had like 15,000 people come and support local makers um, in Austin and Central Texas. Over 600 vendors from folks that make jewelry, do vintage clothing, do drawings, um, uh, ceramics, glass, like all kinds of stuff. All kinds of makers have come through this market and so this is the first year we've been able to do a two-year two-day market the organization boss babes atx is the mama organization that does crafter market and so it also speaks to the fact that our organization is now a 501c3 nonprofit. um so we've grown a lot um we just celebrated our four-year birthday it's a big deal like to be able to like move forward it's a really small staff um we have a programming committee from you know around 12 to 15 people from from Austin that all our volunteers that help, you know, pitch in ideas and lend our hands and bodies to do labor to, you know, uh, make all of these events happen. So we do a lot of educational stuff, um, workshop for entrepreneurs, for emerging artists in the field. Yeah, my role is really tiny. There's a lot of people that are behind the scenes, but um, I'm really excited because I'm on the leadership board too. So I work even farther behind the scenes. Like I deal with like looking at budgets and and thinking like long-term strategic planning to make sure that the organization can be sustainable, that can keep doing events like this because it's super rewarding. Like we have folks that are emerging at all ages, whether it be like super, you know, young, just starting college, you know, 18, 19 year olds to folks that like had a career and decided, you know, at age 50 that they wanted to do something different. So, you know, there's all kinds of people that are part of the organization and benefit from the organization. So I'm just really proud to be a part of it. What does the future of Boss Babes look like? Do y'all plan on expanding? Well, I mean, we want to keep expanding the programs that we've invested in and have started. Crafter is a great example. We moved to two days, which means we have to pay rent for this space for two days in a row. We have to double everything that we've yeah. invested. We also do an annual music, um, comedy, and film festival called Babes Fest that just happened in early September. So we want that to grow. We do workshop. We do a residency program every year where we um, work with emerging visual artists and also uh, young DJs in Austin. And we give, you know, weave them into all of our programs. So Edith Vaya is a good example. She did the backdrop and a lot of the stage design for the crafter market, but she's been an artist in residence for, with us for a year. So she's done different projects throughout the year. And so, you know, committing to a group of artists takes staff and takes people to be able to like really commit and invest in these artists uh, growth over time. So, you know, my dream would be like, we have 
the funding to be able to hire more staff so that we can really commit more fully to the people in the community that we've already partnered and collaborated with. So it's just really expanding on what we've already do, been doing. Like, you know, when it first, when the organization first started, um, before I was a part of it, it just, it started as a meetup where people were like, hey, if you're interested in meeting other people, really, like yeah. get together. And it was such a success that it started to really take form as like a way, for a, a gathering, really, like a space where people could talk about gender equality, could talk about about ways of inclusivity for different um, cultures and different cultural backgrounds, and with women identifying and non-binary folks at the heart of it. So yeah, I just hope that we get to keep doing what we do because it, like, it does take funding and it does take people's time and energy. So you know, finding sustainable ways to just keep moving and, and growing what we already have is my vision, I think, for the organization. What advice would you give to girls listening to this podcast? Well, my advice would be no matter if you have an artist in the family or you have somebody that works creative directly in your circle, like if you don't, you know, to keep moving forward, if you don't have someone in your circle, seek someone out. I think there's always, you know, as an artist, like I'm always encouraged when I get an email through my website or something by somebody being like, hey, like, I just have a question for you. Like never feel afraid to try to, make connections to people that inspire you um, in whatever ever field you're interested in. Like um, you have your teachers, obviously, but like there's other ways of like learning and educating yourselves, whether it's, you know, going to the public library outside of your school and, and asking for resources there to learn more about something you're interested in or emailing artists that, you know, you might see their contact on online. Like that's a, that's a way of communicating that didn't really exist when I was younger, but it's, it's such a, a wave of the future to be able to con- connect with contemporary artists, artists that are making things now that you can identify with. You're like, oh, that person has similar background to me or is from my same city or like, I, w- I want to see what they're interested in or what like what path maybe that they've already like helped create. Like maybe I can follow in that path. And I think you'd be surprised in how generous people are to give a little bit about what they've learned to help make other people coming up in the same area, their life a little bit easier. You know, it's not about like inventing the wheel every single time. You know, I think there's people um, that are more generous than you would imagine. Um, so just like take a chance, like even, you know, counting on yourself as a creative is taking a risk as it is. You're taking a risk on yourself. So I would just say, trust your intuition. And like, if you're feeling, you know, that inspiration coming from yourself, like just go with it, you know? Um, and also always know that there's people around you, um, that are there to support you, um, in different areas. Like it doesn't always have to be at home. It can be at school. It can be in your peer group in your friend group. Um, but yeah, there is a way if you can imagine it. Thank you so much for all of your encouraging words. Well, yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure and congratulations with the podcast. I'm excited to hear it and hear how it grows over the years. Like, I think it's a great way to learn from people that are like actively in your community um, working and good luck. Yeah, same to you. (laughs) All Girls Considered believes in a world where girls and women matter. You can support our work by donating at www.allgirlsconsidered.org slash donate right now. We can't do this without you.